1: Hey everybody, this is Anthony here uh, recording a quick little thing before we get to the actual conversation that made up this podcast. A little warning, um, for some reason StreamYard, the, the company that I use to record these pods um, instead of Zoom, which is normally a great application, um, has keeps on switching my audio um, input from my mic, which you hear me through right now, to my computer which sounds like I am screaming into a tin can somewhere. So, um apologies for the way that this one sounds. Normally I would say, "Hey, let's just re-record it," but I can't quite do that with a guest and this conversation was so good that I really think the 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 content itself is good is is well worth um listening to despite the way that it sounds. So that is the situation here. In order to make it up for you, to you, I am going to be recording here by the time you guys are listening to this in a matter of hours a uh, bonus episode. I didn't do a lowdown last night, also for this reason. Um, I'm going to be doing a nice long preview here with somebody who will remain nameless, but who I guarantee you are going to want to hear from. It's Pete. I didn't say that out loud you just like heard me thinking it. So yeah, listen to this. It's me and Adam. We are, I had a blast recording with him about a team that obviously he and I know uh, quite a bit about uh, in, in in both of our regards. Uh, so the, this conversation is, is, I think, a really well-balanced one. And then uh, I can't wait to, to talk to Pete about how he feels about the series that is that is on its way too. Um, oh crap, I said that time I said it out loud. Pete, take it, Cedrin.
0: Oh boy, he always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on
1: top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today joined by, well, once again joined by, this is like twice in less than a calendar month. Like what? I don't know (laughs) what's going on here. Uh, But my good buddy Adam Ades, he is obviously with the DNVR crew locked on nuggets uh he and I used to record locked on NBA together missed those um, days man yeah those that, that that to this day is still one of my favorite shows uh that, that that I've been a part of but yeah uh we did a show together basically like right when I was with blue wire right when I got to blue wire and we just kind of talked about the NBA in general and stuff and after we were done I was like hey there's a decent chance that the Lakers and Nuggets might face off either in the first round because the Lakers were in the play-in um, and, and all that. I was like, there's a pretty good chance we're going to be talking to each other again here fairly soon. And uh, here we are. So <laughs> how are you feeling about it? <laughs> well, I'm
0: glad it's now. I mean, it was would have been a lot worse if it was the first round. I mean, obviously, as it played yeah. out, the Lakers are clearly one of the better teams in the West. Um, so it would have been a bummer if it was the first. But at least we got a couple rounds in before – before the clash.
1: How you like what's your confidence level at? Like how how are you feeling? Like we'll we'll start macro and then we'll kind of get into sure. the weeds over the course of the show.
0: Uh you know, I actually feel more confident than than ever. I'm usually more of a um cynical or I should say pessimistic fan. You know, I'm one of the ones that always tell me look the Nuggets history has taught. The Nuggets have been around <laughs> for 50 years. They've never made it to the NBA Finals. So the pessimism is well founded. But this is one where I actually just like I think the matchup is um, I think Denver's the better team. So it's one of those ones where with the understanding of, hey, man, Nick Wright had a, a line today that's kind of a banger. Betting against LeBron is the worst bet of the last 20 years in sports. So, yeah. like, you know, do it your own peril. Um, but, it, but I just kind of feel like, hey, man, I, I think they should win. So I don't know that they necessarily will, but I think they have a great chance.
1: Yeah, I feel... So heading into the to the Warrior series, I was outright terrified, you know, and um, I wrote essentially like because in our industry, there's no real point in being the person who's like saying, no, the team that I'm covering has zero chance at winning the series. Right. If there is a chance that they could win it. Right. So essentially, when I was writing that uh, preview for for Substack, I wrote, which, by the way, you weren't subscribed to. I mean, just
0: <laughs> Am back. I not?
1: <laughs> but I, you
0: but know like, i you know i subscribe to a lot of lakers sub stacks i i'll I, I gotta add you man
1: <laughs> there are just so many of us oh it's um, so
0: lakers articles with my morning cough i gotta get that dude i have to
1: <laughs> but so i was so when i was writing my my lakers warriors preview um because i wasn't particularly confident in that series i basically wrote like the path that the lakers had to take to winning that series right and it, and it wound up playing out that way and in this one um it's not so much that i'm like so much more confident against denver because i I think denver is clearly you know two or three steps ahead of where the warriors are they have over the course of the year been like quite a bit better than the lakers and and then it's the math on the regular season is really difficult here because by the time the lakers made their trades at the deadline the the Nuggets had basically packed it in for the season <laughs> right. and 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 Jokic soaked his way out of the MVP, right? Tanked his chances at winning the MVP. Um, and so like, there's no, there's no data that you can like match up there. The the teams played each other all four times uh, before the Lakers made any of their moves. And then even then, you know, like AD missed a game. It's just like, it's a mess. Like the, 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 the data on this is all is all over the place. So, like, literally before we started recording here, I was writing my preview for, for Substack, and it's it's going to be like a series of notes because every time I come up with some point in one way or the other, I immediately think of the counterpoint. Like, every the, – this series, I, I I think of – and I think there are more counterpoints to be made in Denver's favor, but the counterpoints that the Lakers have are really, really loud, and, and I, I just – I don't really know um how the math is actually going to play out here. And and I think it really just kind of starts with Jokic against AD. Like it starts and probably finishes with that matchup, you know. if if one if that matchup is won one way or the other, decidedly it's a quick series. I just it it just is.
0: Yeah, I mean I obviously agree with you. The more likely thing is that they both have their moments and maybe even yeah. both have their games. But you're right that if that is a lopsided battle, the winner of that lopsided battle will win the series, almost full stop. There's all yeah, these other things quickly, we can talk about. Too. If Anthony Davis dominates Jokic, the Lakers win the series. If Jokic dominates Anthony Davis, the Lakers win the series. The more likely no, the thing, nuggets, again, the nuggets, it's be... The Nuggets, Or Well, Nuggets, sorry. <laughs> 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 if otherwise, it'll be more likely it's going to be somewhere in there and all the margins are going to matter. Um, but, but yeah, that,
1: but that's obviously battleground number one. Here's here's where if I were a Nuggets fan, that statement makes a little makes me a little nervous because um, the Nuggets can't put Gordon on A.D. Why not? Um, because then you're having Jokic on LeBron. I mean, uh, well, or, this, this is Vanderbilt, one of the interesting
0: things about this series okay. is I imagine the the team that falls behind in the series is going to start trying things. Right. That's yeah. OK. got to make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And one of those could be if you try to throw out a Wenyon Gabriel or a Van Jared Vanderbilt or even a Tristan Thompson, as wild and wacky as that might sound, who knows? But yeah. if you throw one of those guys out, then obviously it becomes easy. That's who Jokic guards, and it becomes a you know he he's a little bit more freelance. And I don't think the Lakers will start that way. It doesn't sound like it from Darvin Ham's comments today. It sounds like they'll just go with LeBron at four, and you know Anthony Davis at five. But again, it's if that doesn't work out, you start to bring in other lineups where theoretically you could see Jokic on a non-shooting big, non-scoring big. Uh,
1: Well, if they go with the lineup that they have started for most of these playoffs, Vanderbilt is actually out there. Um, And I actually think Vanderbilt makes a lot of sense defensively because you could essentially have him front Jokic or have LeBron front Jokic and allow AD to be your kind of roaming help defensively and have him really just kind of swallow up the paint, but this is where like this is where again it's like i just said when i was talking about my preview point counterpoint point counterpoint 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 like it's just i i like there there are so many things here in the series that um you know it's really easy to dive into the minutiae but i guess to get back to the, the point i was making initially if Jokic just guarding ad um you know there's and and, and you know, if you want to, if you want to paint it as you know the, the the Lakers friendly whistle in in the confines of money um, like you can you can paint it that way. But there's going to probably be a game where Jokic gets into foul trouble in L.A., maybe more than one uh, guarding uh, AD, and then it's just a matter of like, I, I, how does that play out if 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 Malone has Jokic on AD?
0: If Malone has Jokic on Anthony Davis? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously it's gonna be tough. My big take, like the again going macro, is I think that yeah. you have the best offense versus the best defense. I mean, that's one of the ways to like reduce this. as as, far as Yang. Goes. Yeah, I just and I, just I have them a feeling that then, the
1: center position. <laughs> what's that? I just called them Yin and Yang at the center position. Sure, they like, kind of are like, in
0: some ways, um, yeah. but I would say the I think Denver's gonna score on the Lakers a little bit better than people think but I think the Lakers are going to score on Denver a little bit better than people think. I mean, they're not a great offense, but I think that they present the problem that's most def- difficult. And so that Anthony Davis part plays into it. You know, how much can... De- Denver's been great in the playoffs so far defensively. I To set the stage, Denver's numbers in the regular season aren't great. I've always said they're better than the numbers show in the regular season. They're just, they lock in. Fourth quarter defense, one of the best, but throughout the course of the game, they're not. In the playoffs, they've been very good defensively. And I say, well, I think there's a little... I don't think that's accurate either. I think they're not quite as good as they've looked defensively, in part because Mm -hmm. they played some compromised teams and been able to rotate and help out um, off the weak side and then just run off shooters, run them off the line. The Lakers don't necessarily have better shooting than Phoenix, but they have better guys at attacking closeouts. Schroeder's obviously very fast. D'Angelo Russell's a point guard. And Austin Reeves is really good and very comfortable driving to the basket. And so that, to me, is where Denver... They're going to overload. Jokic is guarding Anthony Davis, pick and roll. Obviously, that's hard for him to recover. They're going to overload to try to take that off and be compromised on the run out that, hey, maybe these guys will make shots. I think Denver will outshoot them, even giving them those shots. But I think what's more likely is you run them off the line and now you have a D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves attacking five on four and they're capable of making plays and reading the court and finding out where the ball is supposed to go off those or getting to the basket and finishing. So to me, it's less about Jokic guarding Anthony Davis. Like, I'm not I'm less worried about is he gonna post up? Is he gonna be doing elbow shot? Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about pick and roll where Jokic is just a big and almost all bigs, minus Anthony Davis and all of the not true bigs, they're just slow at getting back, rotating back.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't even necessarily mean it like AD's gonna because AD isn't that kind of player, really, like where he right, rips right. guys apart offensively. But if Jokic spends any time in foul trouble, especially in Denver, that changes the outlook of the series. Like it just it just does. And I mean, I'm prepared for honestly. I, my
0: my predictions would probably be way more confident in Denver if I didn't think that Jokic will spend one or two of these games in like on the bench in foul trouble. That's mm-hmm. I think you have to kind of just roll with those punches, so to speak. But I think the opposite is true as well. Jokic is 30 pounds heavier than Anthony Davis, and that's not a fat yeah. joke. That's just he's actually Jokic is mm-hmm. one of the strongest players in the NBA. The way people think about Stephen Adams, Jokic moves Stephen Adams around down yeah. on the block. The guys that are mm-hmm. definitively stronger than him are like Andre Drummond, maybe Joel Embiid. You know, it's not it's a short list of players that are actually stronger yeah. than Jokic. So Anthony Davis I think is also going to be a li- be liable to fall into foul trouble just because he's playing he's giving up so much size as good as he is. Um yeah. I think that's going to be tricky for him. So to me I think foul trouble will just inevitably be a part of the series. It'll be something we're talking about in both, both ways.
1: Yeah. That's actually part of why I see the Lakers, you know, either having LeBron or Vanderbilt kind of as a primary matchup against Jokic where, and they just focus on fronting him in the post. And then you have AD kind of as the secondary, as a secondary guy. And then you kind of pre-rotate because you know, uh, the Jokic is very good at creating space for himself on that over the top pass and obviously he's the best big in, in the league when it comes to making a decision. Once he has the ball in his hands. Um, I, I, I want to like most NBA fans who are listening to this understand this is apples and oranges. Um, this matchup versus a couple of years ago when they met in the bubble. Um, and the reason I, the reason that is the case is because Jokic, I think in, in particular is a significantly better player than he was in in Orlando can you can you kind of contextualize that a little bit
0: you know what's funny is Michael Malone was asked that question today and he he answered the way I would answer Where he's like yeah he's a little better but he's been doing this stuff for a long time guy like uh, honestly sure and even in the bubble I mean I do think he's just more dominant he's more confident you know being an offensive force I think the two years without Murray forced him to be a more aggressive offensive player so he's better at it Mm -hmm. but I I think what Malone is hinting at is Jokic had this in his bag. He maybe wasn't wired to be quite as aggressive back in the day. And he, of course, he's gotten marginally better, but he's not doing anything he hasn't always done. Meaning yeah. it's not like he's added a jumper. He's added a three-point. Like He's always had that those things. He's just a little bit more aggressive and a little I don't bit know, more man. comfortable.
1: I saw a clip of him doing a windmill dunk the other day. Is that at that well, really yeah. the windmill? That crazy.
0: That's <laughs> where play. They run that windmill for him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I think, and then I think the biggest area, if you did want to say one area where I think he's improved, it's it's probably defensively. Just he's no more mobile, but I think he's a little bit more, a little smarter, a bit, a little bit better at reading the court and where things are going ahead of time. He's He's always been good at that, but I think he's a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I I, actually one other area
0: and it's actually important to this. sorry to interrupt. Yeah, he's controlled his temper a lot better because if you recall that series, I honestly think that year was the last year where Jokic is really freaked out. Now he did freak out um, when they lost to the Suns. He got thrown out of the game in the fourth quarter of that one. The the series was kind of over and I didn't like Mm -hmm. it. I hate when a player sort of loses and then like loses his temper there. So it was a bad moment for him. But we have, Yoke's been thrown out of a lot of games in the first five, six years of his career, and he hasn't recently. He more more gets tough foul calls. gets, you see arms bleeding, you know, missed calls or whatever. And you just see him kind of like reset his brain, take a deep breath. And I honestly think in this series, you're going to see a lot of Jokic doing his like, you can always tell when he's like, just let it go, man. Like, whatever. I think there's going to be a lot of those in this one. And I say that because in the bubble, Dwight Howard's job was to piss him off. And yeah. Dwight Howard's job, in my opinion, was to foul him, but not be called. Meaning, hey, yeah. we want you to foul him. Don't worry about fouling him, but try to get 10,000 for the price of six, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. And obviously it got under Jokic's skin in that series. And I just think he's a little bit more, he's a lot better, I should say, a lot better at handling that of like, okay,
1: I know what the deal is. I got to stay calm here. Yeah, no, I i actually, um, that was actually kind of the answer I would have given too, is that like, The basketball player, not that different, but the mental aspect of it and the approach to it and the willingness to just kind of like, because the thing with Jokic that I've always loved and, and this dates back to when you and I were doing the show together. The thing that I've loved about Jokic over the course of his career is if he sees a scab, he just picks at it and he picks at it and he picks at it and he never gets bored. Like sometimes my annoyance with Anthony Davis is like, Hey, you're like six inches taller than everybody. You just like, just keep dunking. You go over the top and keep dunking, but he gets bored. He's so like talented physically that he just like, he gets bored and he wants to shoot a turnaround fadeaway 20 footer. Um, Jokic though, like he can do those things, but if he finds a weakness, he's just going to go at it over and over and over and over again. And, you know, you combine his tendency to do that over the course of his career with now the uh, with the understanding and 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 the like perfect comfortable uh, being perfectly comfortable with dominating, uh, that's a pretty terrifying combination. The fact that he will know what to pick on has zero problem whatsoever picking on that scab over and over and over again, and knows yeah I can be dominant. I've won a couple MVPs. I've dr- I've drug bad teams, shorthanded teams way beyond they should have. Uh, to the place where they should have, and and yeah, like that—that's the part of it that makes me really nervous going into the series.
0: Yeah, I will say my comparison of Jokic, my favorite comp, is Will Hunting, like a <laughs> genius that's sort of bored with the thing that he's a genius of, and I think that's Jokic in the regular season. And one yeah. of the reasons he's one of the rare examples of a player whose numbers actually go up in the postseason as opposed to down is because I think he's a guy that hates having to show up and go through all these meaningless games and get through them every single night. Cause it's easy yeah. to him and it's methodical. And it's just that he is to your point, you said, sulking away the MVP. I think that's a fairly accurate way to put his last month of six weeks of the season, maybe even of how he went. He looked miserable. And I was worried, honest to God, there was a moment in March where I was like, this guy's, we're going to lose in the first round. Cause this guy does not want to be here. He looks like he is absolutely miserable. Something flipped, get to the postseason." You Joel Embiid's the MVP. I think that was part of it. Like, okay, so glad that's over. That narrative's over. Yeah. But also I just think the games mattered for the first time and the challenges were greater and he's just been so locked in and in a weird way, so happy. Yoke's been so <laughs> relaxed and so happy for the first time and maybe He keeps 12- on talking years. about the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's in the pool a lot right now. He's in, he's in <laughs> his zone right now of comfort. Um, so yeah, that's part of it.
1: Yeah, I... Um... Nobody really knows the people that they cover in a very significant way at this point, at this stage of the game. But could you try to put me in a room with Jokic when Embiid, A, wins the MVP, and then B, goes out sad the way that he did in, in, in Boston? Like, how do you think that goes over in the Jokic household?
0: I wonder, man. I'm I'm genuinely curious about that because Jokic has always, always not taking the bait on those publicly. I have no idea what he's like in private, but publicly, I honestly don't think he roots for other people's downfall. The way I think every person is sort of wired to, I mean, (laughs) I know I do, but I don't think he, I honestly think he's like, I don't care, man. I'm trying to win a championship team championship. And that's all I care about. I don't care. He's was told about the MVPs. I remember one time he said he lost one of them. He was in the process of a move and he's like, I actually don't know where it's at some box or something somewhere. (laughs) And you're thinking like probably genuine, but also, he said of the award, "What does it mean to you?" He goes, "It'll just be nice in twenty, thirty years when I can like point to it and tell people I used to be pretty good." And <laughs> I honestly think that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about now, how to, but one day he'll be like, "You see that? I was the MVP of the NBA
1: one time or two yeah. times." Pretty cool. He'll explain that to one of his horses. He's like <laughs> feeding it a carrot. Hey, you know, just so you know, <laughs> the It'd be reason like the I way can afford the way, the, like. The... The best carrots is because, like, I was pretty good at that thing over there. <laughs> yeah, it's like what
0: my, how my parents talk about me being the star of our eighth grade play. You know, like he was an actor in eighth grade; he was really good. That's, that'll be you. Like, see, I was really good basketball thirty years yeah. ago.
1: Yeah, my dad still brags about our podcast. You know, you know, once <laughs> once upon a time, Anthony did the show with Adam, and and every so often, you know, he kept up. Um, yeah, I the, the the Jokic thing what's funny though is and and again like you're paying way closer attention to this than I am but he'll also have these like side comments that you know like when when stat padding was a, a point of conversation he like had he had like he called out like it, the notion of stat padding in in a, in a press conference you know a couple a couple conversations later and like yeah I just think I just think like the the, the narrative about the MVP got carried away and I think um I think the way that it played out impacted his season. And it was really a bummer because like if Embiid is going to win the MVP or if Giannis was going to win the MVP, I wanted them to win it over Jokic playing balls to the wall to the very, very end and have it be like an actual basketball discussion that was I think Embiid did though. I think Embiid did. Well, but he didn't, no, he didn't win it over Jokic playing as hard as Jokic could have played over the last month of the season. Oh,
0: I see what you're saying. Okay.
1: You know? And, and, and I just think it like became this whole thing that I don't blame, by the way, it sucks I, in a certain, like, man, this is complicated in, in a, in a way I, the NBA fan am bummed that Jokic saw the way that that conversation was going and was just like, fuck that. I don't want any part of this anymore. And, and just kind of was like, whatever about it, you know, because I want to see these guys compete at that high level for that award. But I also, because of how stupid the conversation got, understand why Jokic would say, fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And, yeah. and and handled it kind of the way he did.
0: Yeah, I mean, clearly that was part of it. And it's funny because it was twofold. I mean, obviously it, the, the race part has been well publicized, Kendrick Perkins mm-hmm. and others. You know, me. coming out and saying, "Yeah, yeah." It's fine. Know, I'm point fingers, it. fingers here, but there's a handful so of people. If, if
1: you're listening on, if you're listening on audio, Adam is actually like pointing into the camera, like
0: <laughs> you know, made it a thing about race and oh, you know, this or that, and like, look, Yoke's from Serbia.
1: Yeah, people couldn't tell you the history. People couldn't
0: find Serbia on a map or tell you their histories. I know he, you know, this is a thing where. he's become a symbol in some people's minds of something he doesn't even understand, let alone like care to participate in. But I don't think that's the one that bothered him as much. I think the one that bothered him was the stat padding one, because I think anybody that watches Yoke, if there is one thing you could say about him, like when he's all retired and done, if there's one thing I think he hopes people say about him, it's that he played the game the right way, whatever that means means something different to everybody. But I think he would hope that people say he had an integrity to the way he played basketball. He played to win and he played to win. Whether it made him look good or look bad, he played to win. So stat padding, to me, I I think was such an undermining of his highest value, if that makes yeah. sense, that he was doing something that was not the right way, that was personal over team. And to him, I think that's the most egregious thing. So I think it all just like put him in a funk. He didn't want any piece of it. And he sort of handed it off. I use this analogy today. You saw the when he walked over before game five and handed the ball to Matt Ishbia. You know, kind of like here you go. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest. It was the most baller moment ever. I knew the series was over right then and there, to be honest with you, because it was <laughs> one of those things where it was. And Ishbia was so uncomfortable in his chair. He like kind of like throws the ball. He's like, "Oh man," because Yoke, it well, was he, before that playing.
1: was even better. Because like Ishbia sees him walking over, and he like has a he does a double take. You know, yeah. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> Yoke is just walking out of the tunnel. He's just kind of like. You know, walking along as Jokic does, just be like sees him out of the corner of his eye, sees him again, and he's like, "Uh,"
0: and he comes and he just disarms him. And the most genuine thing of just like, "Hey, man," it was almost symbolic of saying, "You got me." Twenty five thousand dollar fine, technical. Like here, you can have this. I'm gonna go win the series, but you can have this. And I feel like symbolically, he did that to Joel Embiid, and -hmm. uh, you know, Joel Embiid went out and made the whole. He did exclusive interviews with every outlet in the country, yeah. right? About talking Which about, I don't even want it, exclusive. but you know, these other guys, they, <laughs> all these different things he said, yeah. and he said, Jokic says he doesn't want it, but we know he really does deep down. He's just lying. Like all these things. And I feel like Jokic was going, here you go, man, you can have it. Cause yeah. he knew, guess what comes with getting the MVP. Now you better not lay an egg in game six and game seven. You yeah. better not go lose to the Boston Celtics after being up three games to two, because here's what
1: you really wanted. Enjoy it. Yeah, no i I don't know if I would necessarily go that far, but certainly, you know the 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 takes about the playoff success stuff, which I thought was always the dumbest part of that conversation. Like, joke's been great in the playoffs. <laughs> joke's been unbelievable <laughs> in the playoffs. A lot of the context under which he played in those playoffs, like I thought that was the dumbest part of it. On you know, beyond beyond how I think, um, uh, how. The, the the lack of nuance that took place in the race aspect of the of the conversation was, I thought, the, the worst part of the conversation. But then, like, when people started talking about, like, yeah, he's just not that great in the playoffs, I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> Jokic's first ever playoff
0: series, he's 23 years old, 23, 12, and 9. That was his average. They won, by the way. He had a career high in game six of that series, a pivotal muscle in game six. He has 43 points at career high at the moment second series he's ever in 27 points 14 rebounds eight assists a 27 yeah. point triple double in his second ever series like all of these series you go through 33 10 and them. 5 25 14 and 6 31 13 and 6. like what are we talking about i don't yeah. understand what people think
1: yeah that said if if jokic if jokic gets outplayed by ad like what does that do does that does that do anything to the conversation about jokic though
0: I mean, I, it just depends. I think Anthony Davis is a good player. LeBron James is a good player. I've, I saw, you know, a lot of people are projecting like who are the best players left in the playoffs. LeBron and Anthony Davis make the top five every time. So on paper, I mean, Jimmy Butler, Jason this, Tatum, this
1: LeBron doesn't though. Like, people, well, hold people on a second. Do, Let's go through it real quick. Let's go through it real people, quick. Well, people are doing that now with like LeBron because he's still LeBron, but he's not like that LeBron. Like he's not, he's not, he's not a top five player in these playoffs right well,
0: now. In the playoffs right now, there's four teams left. So let's go through Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, uh, Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. And now we get to, and then Anthony Davis. And now you get to LeBron, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Jamal Murray. Yeah. Is he not better than those three? I mean, he's at least in the conversation. He's at least in that conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's my only point. So part of me looks at it and says, you know, Yoke needs to play well. We'll know it when we see it you could come out here and put on a master class and come up short because you know, true. the two guys outplay him or this or that and it goes up or they could lose ugly early. And it's like, no, he just couldn't do it. Like he was shut down by Anthony Davis. So I think it all depends. I mean, all these things, we always go into him saying if this, if that, and then we watch the game and it's like, Oh, it was nothing like we thought. So I just, yeah. I don't know. I will say that Embiid flamed out. Giannis flamed out. Steph Curry lost this is a big opportunity for Jokic for a vacant throne, which by the way, it's a big opportunity for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's a big opportunity for all these guys to kind of say, Hey, everybody's kind of feeling the same way. There's a real opportunity to take another step. And for Jokic, I do think if he made it through the series, you're going to see him number one in a lot of people's player ranking next year. If they lose, he probably won't.
1: Yeah. That's, that's been the part of, of like the pro Jokic takes that I've been waiting for is like, all right, and and like from your from from dnvr like the only person who i have heard definitively say over and over and over again that jokic is the best player in the nba has been harrison right um and honestly kudos to him for it because like if jokic wins three straight uh, mvps he has to be the best player in the league in that third one he has or, to be or or anthony
0: or the NBA players have stealthily quit on the NBA regular season, There's which also, is what the uh, truth is, Anthony. And this is why think, I'm always so sure to say it. I think Jokic is the best player in the on the planet in the regular season. I think he will be the best player in the playoffs, but I just can't hand it to him until he does it. Through two rounds? To me, no question who the best player has been through two rounds. But we're only halfway there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a good way to put it. I would agree with all of that. I would agree with all of that, but like, uh, if he, if he goes through the next two rounds and remains that best player in these next two rounds, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is over. It's <laughs> he, over. he He assumes the crown, the, the, the crown. And, 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 and honestly, like, again, just kind of as a, as, as a, as a lifelong NBA fan. Um, well, as a lifelong NBA fan, I want the player who could have won three straight MVPs to have that crown, and that was always that was always the part of it that like I couldn't quite wrap my head around was this guy was on the verge of potentially winning three straight MVPs, and he didn't have that specific crown, and that didn't quite sit right with me. Um, we're in a place
0: though, Anthony, that we're never we're not going backwards, man. This is the new NBA. <laughs> like that, yeah. The Lakers. I think there is something too. One of the storylines of this series is that they play every other day. I think game one is massive. I think yes. the Lakers pour more energy than most teams into game one because they have to. Yep. And I think if Denver wins game one, the odds of them winning the series go up exponentially. Um. So to me, game one is so important. But part of why it's so important is I don't think LeBron can play well game one, two, three, four, five, six. I just yeah. don't think he can. I think he has to pick his moments and pick his spots. Not to say he's going to not play or lay an egg. I just think when you say peak LeBron, peak Anthony Davis, you're talking about five games in a seven game series. And what they've done through two rounds, game one, balls to the wall, all out. Game two, punt, completely take it off. Doesn't matter. Rest up. It's a long series. And then obviously when, and so I think if Denver steals that from them, if they can win game one, which by the way, Denver is 2-0 in game one so far in this playoffs. Mm -hmm. If they can do that, Game two, now you're talking about one-day rest at altitude and LeBron's got to show up again. I think he would have to sit there and be like, is it better to be
1: down 0-2 or split 1-1, but I'm dead tired by game three. Real what the Lakers What the Lakers cannot afford to that point, and this was the case going into the Warrior Series, what the Lakers cannot aw- uh, afford is ha- like going into one of those games, uh... Darvin coaching to win that you know that that game with with rotations and and approach and all of that, LeBron and AD playing to win that game and then not winning that game. Right. That is the that is the like the, the, that's the death knell on the series. Maybe it goes a little bit longer than you anticipate, but the Lakers can't expect to win all five. I think they probably get four, maybe five of those games out of out of the you know the important guys there. And and you know, look in 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 both of the series to this point, uh, the Lakers won all four of those games, right? Against Memphis, the games that the, the that the main guys played to win that game and 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 brought forth the the proper energy to win that game, Lakers won all four of those games. In the Golden State series, same thing, they did it four times, and in all four of those times, the Lakers won that game. And so yeah, like game game one, I think because the other thing too is if you lose game one. Now you're saying you're gonna win three straight against Denver, like or, or against a really good playoff team. I don't think that's something any playoff team really wants to set themselves up to have to do. And and so yeah, game one here um is, is gonna be huge because that's how the Lakers are gonna to have to approach it. And and if they don't win it, then I don't know what what the what the counterpunch to that is.
0: And I think that Jokic is exhausting the guard. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of the most, because he's, under- he's huge and because he's so strong and because he just loves contact. I mean, the guy loves to wrestle. He's great. Yeah. This is one of the things Draymond said about him is usually a finesse players are soft. Jokic is the opposite. He's the guy that just loves to like, he doesn't want you to be too far away. He wants you to be right on you. So he can just be elbowing and throwing and doing this and, yeah. and just wrestling. And for Anthony Davis, I think this is going to be an exhausting series for him. Mm-hmm. And so again, can outplay Jokic can win. But I think even if he dominated the matchup, he's going to be tired afterwards. And so I think that that's one where you go all out and lose game one. I think you sit there and you go, that was exhausting. That was a lot harder than Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. That was a lot more mm-hmm. physically taxing. And that's one. We're 01 now after that. So I do think there's a little bit of that going on. And they just, the other thing is the Lakers don't have, maybe they will find one. I Would be a little surprised if they find a secondary option. Darvin Ham seemed kind of confident today when asked about that very thing that they have a trick up their sleeve. He almost hinted. We all thought he was talking about maybe Tristan Thompson or something. The way he was like, <laughs> We have we have a that's Dwight type guy. Like, and I was kind of like, who is the Dwight type that they have? There's nobody on there that weighs more than 255 pounds.
1: That's that's just Darwin. He's like endlessly optimistic. I'm telling <laughs> you, like he just, you know, it could be pouring his, his dog may have just died and he'd just be like, you know what? That means that little Fido made his way up to heaven and the gates opened up and the rain came out, you know, like, he's just that kind of, that kind of optimistic, but, um, but yeah, I, another example of that is, is the way that the Lakers and Warriors series played out. And you looked at Steph at the end of that series, he hit a shot. And I mentioned this in the lowdown last night, but he hit a shot that, you know, it was a, a, a step back 27 footer, um, off of the dribble just a banana shot and normally he makes that shot and it's kind of like a shot in the arm for him but then the 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 camera pans over to him and he's just like oh you know and it's because over the entirety of that series he was getting he was running off of screens and and all these things and you compare that to the first series against Sacramento where they tried to beat him with speed and he never really wore down in that series like it's it's very different when when you're going up against De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk and, and there isn't like the physical presence that the Lakers, you know, approached him with in, in, in round two. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a a version of that here where yeah, Kevon Looney leans on you all game. And every time there's, there's a rebound in traffic, you're going to be fighting for your life, but he only played like 16 minutes a game in that series. And, and yeah, Draymond at at every turn is going to, you know, give you whatever cheap shot he could possibly give you but Dreamont's like 66, you know, 2 220, you know, maybe 230. Um Jokic is is both of the a combination of both of those things. He's always going to catch you with an extra elbow and he weighs like 270? Like he, No, I think what, he's like
0: 290.
1: It? Yeah, like he's 290 and and that's going to be leaning on you for 40 minutes for for however long this series goes and, and that's that is exhausting that's why by the way I, I, I again think that the Lakers try to spare AD in some spots here and there by having him as the weak side defender just so he doesn't have to lean on lean against uh, Jokic for the whole series
0: and I think Jokic is also I put this on tw- on Twitter again not directed at Lakers fans but they sure found it where I said that I think Jokic <laughs> is in better shape than Anthony Davis meaning if you like, first quarter, Anthony Davis can beat Jokic up and down the court. He can beat him on, a, like, a one-off sprint. Of course, he's more athletic. But Jokic really is a well-conditioned athlete. I know he doesn't look the part, but he is. And he's also phenomenal at fighting through fatigue. This is a man, Anthony, that played 65 minutes, 65 out of 68 minutes in a playoff game one time. Four overtimes. He sat for three minutes. The Nuggets got outscored by eight points. He had to go right back in. And he played the rest. Of the- he took a rest to start the second quarter. Played the rest of the second quarter, third, fourth, overtime, one, two, three, and four, and was a positive the entire time. And they come up short. So from so yoke is just in such great shape. And I do think that, and again, loves to wrestle all this stuff. And I think that Anthony Davis, I think he wears down. We'll see if some of this I think is he's a little dramatic, in my opinion. I think he can be a little, you know, some take a fall, and I'm like, oh my God, did he just die? And then he's, you know, no, actually, he's fine. But I do think that this will be a series where Anthony Davis is going to have to dig deep from a conditioning standpoint because Yoke's that's going to be part of his game plan.
1: My theory on the AD you know drama stuff when he falls to the floor is that actually it's like an extra timeout over the course of the game <laughs> if he lies there long enough, yeah. like you add all of those seconds that he's there on the floor, it's like an extra thirty second timeout. That's my that's my theory on 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 why he handles it that way. But um, no, I, I I would maybe frame it a little differently. Whereas like. AD AD does so much shit defensively. Like he is, he's against the against Memphis, he swallowed up the paint, and and John Morant was by the end of that series was shooting 15-foot floaters because he wanted nothing to do with AD anywhere near the paint. Um against the Warriors, he had to go out and and uh you know help higher on these pick and rolls and rotate back to the basket. And and also like go out and rebound because no other Laker really had a chance at rebounding when like Looney was in there and really mucking the, the the paint up too. Um, like I, I I don't know if I would necessarily go so far as to say that like Jokic is in better shape. I just think Jokic like I think Jokic Jokic is really really good at utilizing his energy on the things that he has to do to continue to be Jokic. I think he's you're still,
0: softening it, man. Honestly, I think my thing with Jokic is I just think he's one of the most – one of the toughest SOBs in the NBA. Oh, <laughs> for sure. And not, so I I'm think, think it's like isn't. when you're both out of energy, who goes harder? And I just think yeah. he's one of those guys that does. It's By the awful. way, LeBron too. I mean this is a, a mark of a player like LeBron who has dug yeah. deep and come up big under like a complete exhaustion. But – Yoke just—that's one of the things I think he counts on—is hey, I can handle pain more than you can.
1: Yeah, and to your point, AD has I think the widest gap between floor and ceiling. Mm-hmm. With you know, if he isn't you know ninety percent and up, you really see the bottom drop out of his game.
0: But but think so about that. How a- I phrased it: Do you feel that Anthony Davis hangs his hat on being able to manage pain better than anyone? And when I say pain, I can mean out of breath. I can mean cramps or whatever it is. Like, do you feel he's a guy that you'd say, yeah, that's one of his MOs?
1: Yes and no. Cause like on one hand, no, because like I just said, there's that giant gap between floor and ceiling, but then also he's always wincing. So like, if you're, if you're always wincing, that means that you have to be managing some pain to be able to continue to be productive. So I, I don't know. I like, you, you look at him always wincing and you say, like, what are you wincing about this time? You know, it's like Avery when, when, you know, she's, she's at the whining phase, right? It's like, what are you whining about now? You, my, my son, who you just found out about earlier today, um, like he will grab her hair and it's just like, Avery, just move your head, you know? And, and it's like watching, watching AD sometimes it's like, what, what? Why are you grabbing your side now? And then you also think about the stuff that he has to do defensively. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'd be grabbing my side too. So I don't know. I I, I really think it's a yes or no Darius answer there. But um, we're 40 minutes into this, and we've spent the entirety of the time talking about AD and Jokic. Haven't really mentioned LeBron. Haven't really mentioned the guard play here where Jamal Murray, if he outplays the Lakers collection of guards, this could also be a quick series. But to me, a giant factor in this one um, that was not the case in the Golden State series, especially, somewhat the case against Memphis, certainly not the case here, is um Aaron Gordon is so effing physical defensively.
0: He's um, another one.
1: Yep. And and he is uh if if they decide to put him on AD uh to avoid Jokic foul trouble, I could see that working out. I actually think it's probably smarter to put him on LeBron to avoid the LeBron. That's the primary matchup. Yeah. To put him like the, cause like in, in game six against the Warriors, LeBron basically just had the Warriors take turns stepping into the basket. Um, And, and, you know, he's not going to be able to move Gordon as easily here. Um, But also if Gordon is out there and he doesn't have his shot falling and the Lakers are able to kind of ignore him, that helps lebron and potentially ad stay a little fresher so like what have you seen from aaron gordon this year and and what's your confidence level in in his ability to be a, to play a big role in this series aaron gordon just
0: i don't want to say shut down kevin durant but he kind of shut him down kevin durant was not a factor in that series to the degree you would guess that he would yeah. be he had by all accounts a bad series and you look at the numbers and you might say well that was okay it wasn't it was not impactful he yeah. made him an non-impactful player in a series where he needed to be a lot you go back to the previous one he went played against his matchup in the first round was Carl anthony Towns a center and he guarded him and Carl anthony Towns had a horrible series it was he was, he did shut Carl anthony Towns down I think Aaron Gordon's playing the best defense of his career LeBron's a different matchup than than Kevin Durant by a lot he's stronger Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon's advantage on people is strength and I think that his strength bothered Kevin Durant a little bit he was able to use that LeBron's mm-hmm. a little bit different The one thing I'll say is I'm very curious to see how LeBron looks. Obviously, he's a little bit older and he has that foot injury. I thought game six LeBron in this last series to me was horrifying because it looked like old LeBron. But I don't think he's looked like that more than twice per round so far in these playoffs. So one of the big questions is if he has game six energy for the entire round – I don't, that changes everything. I'm kind of betting on the fact that he doesn't have those and anything less than his best punch, I think Aaron Gordon can make an impact on.
1: Yeah, I, the thing to me that uh, worries me in this matchup is again, like LeBron looked the way he did. Remember right before game six, we find out that Wiggins was potentially not going to play because he had some fractured cartilage, I believe in his ribs and LeBron right from the beginning of the game elbows right to the ribs of, of Andrew Wiggins in the post. Right. And it was, it was very clearly a test. Like, Hey, look, if, if you're going to guard me, if you're going to, if you're going to impact my game here, it's going to be you like, again, accepting that pain and trying to stop my frame that has like 30 to 40 extra pounds on you from getting to the basket. And it was the same thing against clay and it was the same thing against Moody when, 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 when Moody was on him. And uh, in this one though, he's not going to have that physical advantage against Memphis. He didn't have that physical advantage in terms of just raw physicality. Um, Dylan Brooks, hard to move Xavier Tillman's also hard to move. And and I think in, in this series, Gordon matches some of Wiggins foot speed with like, he has more foot speed, I think than Dylan Brooks and Xavier Tillman. And he's also more physical than those guys. So I think right. that makes, that makes this matchup a, a really tough one. And, you know, for me, the Laker fan of me is actually hoping that Malone puts Gordon on AD more um, at, at, you know, in order to avoid Jokic uh, foul trouble minutes and, and has like Jeff Green or something guarding LeBron. Um, because I, I, yeah, I think the minutes against Gordon, are going to be kind of tough here. It's it, it, he's, he's been, sure. he's been incredible. The other
0: side of this is, I don't think LeBron wants to guard Aaron Gordon. Aaron Again, Aaron Gordon is like Jokic. He just wants physicality. He wants to hit you every rebound. He just wants mm-hmm. there to be some kind of contact. And I think that there's going to be a lot of cross matchups in this in the series yeah. just because if you miss a shot, you have to get back, and both teams are going to try to get – not necessarily punish you on fast break points, but punish you on cross matches and on fast break and then attack. Yeah. And for LeBron – They kind of need him as a roamer, I think a little bit. And if you're and I think that Aaron Gordon is a guy that is just gonna make him have to rebound, make him have to like watch out for duck-ins and everything else because Aaron Gordon just wants to do that. And that's even if he shuts him down, like I don't want Aaron Gordon posting up LeBron a lot, but it's still exhausting to have to guard that and have to like, oh, I gotta go box him out now and I'm tired Mm -hmm. from all this. So that will be a really, really interesting one. I'm curious to see the one thing I'll say that's different about Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Kevin Durant, I was shocked at how bad he was as a pick and roll decision maker in that last round. Mm. Some of this is I don't think they trust their teammates. LeBron is playing with more trust than I think I've ever seen in his like other crazy. guys, yeah. and he's obviously a, maybe the best pick and roll decision maker. So I do think that there might be a little bit. One, I think LeBron will switch Aaron Gordon off of him. He's one of the best at creating, you know, yeah. rub action. Get this he's guy off of me. MB-
1: I, I think he'll look for MPJ even though I think MPJ is an underrated defender, I think he'll look for MPJ and I think he'll look for Murray and, and, and go about it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are the two guys you want to wear down. So Murray in particular. So yeah, I think they'll look to run those actions to get him off of him. And that'll be one difference. Kevin Durant just didn't have success doing
1: that. Um, actually perfect segue here to MPJ. He, to me is like, not just the X factor in this series, but I think he's like the grand X factor in the league. Like when he's, when he's good, When he's, you know, engaged and he's knocking down his threes, he's taking them um, confidently and he's playing defense. He's the best three and D wing in the league. And, and it makes Denver almost impossible to, to defend, basically impossible to defend when he is their third best player. And he plays up to the caliber that he can. I, I just don't know what you do with, with Denver. The thing with, with him though, um, he's a floater. Like he, he will occasionally, like you'll, you'll see him kind of come and go with some of these games. So, um, Hey, do you, do you agree with the assessment and, and, and B, like, you know, how confident are you in, in his engagement level for the entirety of what's going to be, I think a really tough seven game series.
0: I don't think it, the floating part, I think is more his role in the offense and the limitations of his skill set more than it is like lack of focus or this or that. I, I, I think with Michael Porter, for one, he'll knock down his shots. He's—I think he might be the best shooter, like set shooter in the NBA. It just looks so pretty, and he's I always feel like going in. Yeah. yeah, and he's so tall that it's hard to hard to block. But you were mentioning here, the Nuggets are nine and zero when he scores twenty four or more points this season, yep. and they are out of twenty two games. They have one, two, three, four, five losses. So what is that, seventeen and five, when he has twenty or more points? When he scores, the Nuggets win, and usually they win big. So, as, as far yeah. as X Factors go, his points do feel like extra points for Denver. There are all these little bonuses. Um, the yeah. defensive part is interesting because I agree, he's been a phenomenal defender. The metrics, the on off stuff. Denver's so much better with him on, no matter what combination you he's put him so in. Long. He's so he's long. He's so long. long. He's, he's, yeah. he's <laughs> when Denver drafted him, I was talking to some of the people in the Nuggets front office, and I said, So he's like a less athletic Kevin Durant, or you know, this or that. And they said, Oh, he's way more athletic than Kevin Durant. And three back surgeries will zap some of that from you. But he's so – he has a dunk in, I think, ninth grade where in a high school game where he jumped from the foul line in a game and dunked it. Like, the guy is silly athletic, but he is weak. And I do think that – and he has high hips, so it's like LeBron, I think, will muscle the hell out of him. Yeah. In the last round, every time Michael Porter got on an island with Booker, Denver was able to – they had a very good scheme to double-team. I think that's going to be harder for, for Denver against this group because they have so many guys that can play make on the weak side. All their guards are good playmakers yeah. and attackers that I think Denver's going to have a harder time throwing doubles at LeBron. So this good defensive postseason that, that MPJ is having, I think faces its biggest test in this round because there's going to be a lot of times where it's D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, and Denver's going to say, hold your own. We'll see if you can hold your own. And that's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, especially like, you know, if you're on the weak side and you're closing out to to Reeves and he knows that you're closing out, you might be closing out just a little out of control. He's going to try to grift, right? She's but I think
0: even without that, like there, I just think there'll be some like, you know, again, rub actions where he yeah. gets switched out on them and they say, hey, D'Angelo, what do you got? See, maybe you can ISO him. Let's see if this is a, an
1: option that's not how I would attack mpJ because of like the 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 physical skill set there, like long and athletic and and Russell doesn't deal with well with those things. but if you can get him in motion, I think that's where that's where he can maybe ha- uh, be taken advantage of. Um all right, last thing for we get out of here, the guard stuff. Um, Jamal Murray had a really good game and spent an entire press conference telling everybody how underrated he was. And then I thought like pursued the underrated narrative, I think a little too hard and, and kind of played himself out of rhythm, but then started trying to, you know, find more of that over the course of that, that Phoenix series and is still like one of the gamers that you can find. He's like, he's, I I think it's really going to be between him and LeBron for like, I, I think he, because of where LeBron is physical right now can be like the third best player in the series. Um, and and yeah, I, I think if, if he is the third best player in the series and far outplays the Lakers combination of D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves and Dennis Schroeder, um, again, like that, there's a lot of boxes that can be checked here that lead to a short Denver series. Um, and he, I think, is one of the primary ones, because if he's really good, the Lakers don't necessarily have very many counters to 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 deal with them. He's got to be
0: great. I think your assessment of the early rounds to me is Murray was spectacular. And then I think he gets a little too aggressive. We'll say, yeah. I mean, the ball can get a little too sticky with him and him. Whenever he picks the right spot between being a point guard and being the second best player on the team and scoring striking the right balance is so tough and so important for him. And I think in this series, he actually has to turn the dial up on the aggression a little bit more. I do Mm -hmm. like his matchups. Anthony Davis you know, one of the interesting things you just—if you just go through the Lakers, like I just talked about, how I'm not sure the Nuggets' place playoff defense is real. Let me do the same for the Lakers here in a moment. Yeah, they went up against the Memphis Grizzlies team that is notoriously horrible in the half court. They suck in the and half we're court. Missing and missing two starters, and they're missing some guys. And Anthony Davis got to play a little bit of just like sit in the paint and, dis- and scare everybody from coming in. You go to the yeah. next round, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green. Not really a whole lot there. If you look at the adjustment the Warriors made. Putting Jermichael Green at power forward and stretching him out to the corner, it worked for one game. Now that was Jermichael Green. And it's like, okay, now we adjust to that and, mm-hmm. and you squash it. I think Denver is going to present the challenge of Anthony Davis is going to be out on the perimeter a lot more. The paint's going to be mm-hmm. open more. Can Murray get there? Can Murray get it to Jokic on the roll? Can Denver create opportunities for them to attack there? Or does Anthony Davis sit back in the paint and dare Murray to miss shots that you know he goes cold? I think Murray has to be really dialed in on drawing Anthony Davis out of the paint in the pick and roll cooking him to the best of his ability when he can, and then getting the ball, the release valve. Okay, now I drew him out. Yoke, go attack downhill with no rim protection, which is Yoke is as good as anyone in the NBA at doing that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And and I would say that like the one nice thing in this series, um, and again, point, counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpoint. But the one nice thing in this series is that the Nuggets, like you have KCP who can do some running off of screens and stuff and and can do some shooting on the motion. Uh, on the move um not much beyond that though like unless i'm missing people not much like yeah kc kcp is like the kcp can run off screens and 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 you can run bruce
0: bruce Bruce brown is really quick and he's a good pick and roll player i mean he had a 25 point game in the first round he's he's had a couple like that this year so he's You're,
1: you're not like you're not like chasing him around screens though as a shooter Right, in the same way you were with like Clay. Denver honestly doesn't get
0: a ton of movement off of that stuff anyway. They're not like the Warriors in that regard.
1: Exactly, and so like because of that, the Lakers can go back to a bigger identity. They can play Rui a little bit more. They can play Vanderbilt a little bit more. And if AD leaves the paint, it's not like. It's not D'Angelo Russell as the backside trying to box out Kevon Looney as it was, you know, in the Warriors. Yeah, but
0: I don't think I don't know if it'll matter. I mean, these two teams are number one, number two in points in the paint. Yeah. So I, I like Rui as much as he's a bigger body, he might as well be Anthony Irwin inside if Yoke's attacking. Like that, that just doesn't <laughs> matter. That's he's unbothered by that. <laughs> Wow. I mean, he's bothered you, by Anthony Davis. One shot by of mine Guzara. in Vegas and and I'm perfect. just
1: catching that stray. Huh? That's, that's yeah, nice. yeah, he did catch a stray there. <laughs> <laughs> I've I'm never seen you protect
0: the paint, Anthony.
1: To be fair, I'm not sure. I, I'm taking a guess here. <laughs> yeah. All five ten of me. Not exactly a rim protector. It, you know, usually when you when you when you when you're trying to protect the, the paint, you usually want to be at least six feet tall and able to <laughs> jump I am neither of those things so to your point fair um yeah I, I I I guess that's that's fair but I think it's a big difference when like Rui gets to be physical whereas like if Schroeder tries to be physical like <laughs> right. and and look Jokic is Jokic right if he's if he's on the back side of that thing and it's a fight for an offensive rebound and it's Jokic against anybody but like but basically Anthony Davis, even if it's winning Gabriel, it's, it's not even a, it's not even a contest, but in terms of like overall and, 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 and size in its entirety across the lineup that is out there, the Lakers getting to go back to a little bit more of bigger, stronger, faster by involving Vanderbilt and Rui is something that I'm looking forward to in this series. Now that said Vanderbilt, every time he's out there, It means Jokic gets to just chill on defense. They're going to put him on. Yeah, Yeah,
0: this is why I think Vando has a different role in the series. I would play him every second Jokic is not on the court (laughs) because Mm -hmm. Denver's small ball lineup of Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green has been good in the playoffs for the most part. I think Phoenix kind of started to figure out where they were weak, but where they're weakest is rebounding. So to me... Denver's second unit without Jokic does not score well, but they're switchy on defense and they can make it hard on you. You put Vanderbilt out there, you're less worried about clogging up your offense because just have him go rebound. Jeff Green, look at Jeff right. Green's rebound walks for the season. If he gets three rebounds in a game, it's a miracle. <laughs> Vanderbilt has a real opportunity just to get a ton of second chance points, draw fouls and all of that. And then on the other end, Murray carries that second unit offensively. He's the guy that staggers yeah. just – Vanderbilt can wear him out and just give him a exactly. different look. And it's not a lot of minutes, but it would be an important role
1: for eight to 10 minutes a game. Yeah. Well, the Lakers didn't really have a role for Vanderbilt in the last series. And that's kind of what I mean is that like, they get to go back to, to utilizing somebody who was huge for them in, in that first series. So man, I, I legitimately don't know. Um, I I'm, I'm a homer. And so I'm, I'm probably leaning Lakers in six. Um, but I could see the only two outcomes that would outright shock me would be a sweep either way. That'd be it. Everything beyond that. Well, Denver, the
0: Denver Nuggets have never swept a team in their entire franchise's history. (laughs) So I would also bet against them doing that against the best player of all time.
1: (laughs) But I could see, I could see the Lakers uh, winning in five. I could see the Nuggets winning in five. I could see either team winning in six Uh, game. Seven is a coin flip in, in an inherently coin flippy series. Uh, I, you know, I'm taking probably Lakers in six. I'm, I saw that you made your prediction for DNVR today. Uh, Nuggets in seven. Yeah, I um, wish
0: I would have gone six, but I, I'm, I can't, I can't go somewhere different on every show I do. So I got to stick with seven. <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> I was going to ask like what else went into it, but, but I guess it's just a, a consistency thing.
0: I mean, predictions are dumb and I just think predictions are kind of
1: lame anyway. So like I shoot these from the hip. Like, I don't
0: know. I think Denver wins the series though. I mean, Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, but I, I Denver's really good, man. It, they, you, I are. always joke with you, Anthony, because we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Number one media market, number thirty media market, in large part because they're not on television out here. But a, a small, you know, in terms of how people are covered, I joke that ESPN when Denver beat the Suns, the poster was of the Suns. <laughs> it said Denver advances, and it was a Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. And you're like, I, we don't even get to be the. Poster child of our own series victory? <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, so you don't know. So I always say, like, you don't know what it's like to be on this side. But the Nuggets have been the number one team since December 20th in the Western Conference. They've dominated everyone. They've won big games on the road, they've won big games at home, they've done yep. great. And in the playoffs, they took it up a level. They've actually playing great. Now, not all that's not that's not to say this is a slam dunk, but my confidence doesn't come from this, like, oh, this team, I don't know, I like you, this or that. No, they've
1: beaten, they've They've, um, they're very good. They were my pick for really the season to win a champion, it, it, to, it, to win the championship. And I think a lot of people would say, well, yeah, they're good
0: because Jokic is good, but no, they're good because they're a team. And Jokic yeah. is great, and he's an incredible individual player. But they are such a good team that the, they get performances from a lot of guys, and they just know who they are. They play connected on defense, they play connected on offense, and that's where my confidence comes from. So they could lose. But like I said, betting against LeBron's the dumbest bet in sports over the last 20 years. Yeah. But I just think the Nuggets in the last round in game one, Jamal Murray went off and after they won by 30 points or they were up by 30 points, he turned to the crowd in the fourth quarter after hitting a crazy three. And he said, we're ready for this. Like I told you, we're ready for this. And I yeah. honestly feel that is the theme of the Nuggets 2023 season. After being in purgatory, after going through all the challenges and all the things that they've gone through over the last couple of years with their players just being hurt, I think they're a team that is ready for this challenge, as least as ready as they'll ever be.
1: I am happy that both of these teams for right now are healthy going into the series. I hope that that remains the case. And if so, I think we are lining up for an outright war. Like every time I, like I said, writing this thing, here's the intro for those of you who who aren't subscribed. Here's the intro. I would normally love to write some flowing lengthy preview as we head into a rematch of the bubble, bubble conference finals. It would be really nice to piece together a thousand words or so that all lead directly to the next draft and leave you wanting more. But this series is just too chaotic. Every time I have a thought, a thought I, have, I find it's counter shortly thereafter. That's literally like I, I don't know what to think about this at any given moment. I've had by the time the series finally tips off, it'll be 72 hours of me just sitting here wondering what the hell to think about this thing. I, I too agree that Denver has been the better team over the course of the year, but the Lakers are an entirely different team from at the beginning of the year. And when they were really good, Denver had already checked out because they knew they were the better team. So no. or the best team in the conference. So yeah, I I'm fascinated to see where this thing goes. I love that it's a couple centers that are matched up. It's kind of a thing. Me too. I start. really do. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a really fun series. And by the way, wouldn't shock me at all to find them both here next year. Again, that, that that's how good I think these two teams are. Um, Adam, anything specific that you want to plug before we get you out of here? No. Okay. <laughs> Not your big prediction piece. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want Lakers
0: fans coming to my stuff. i am telling you, these people need to chill, man. I'm telling you, they feel so like. Somebody hurt Lakers fan. I don't get it, man. You guys got all those championships. You got LeBron. You got AD. You got ESPN. You got CAA. You got everything, and yet right. it's like this energy of like,
1: what? How yeah. can people
0: not believe in them the way I believe in them?
1: Here, here's my theory on that. Okay, no Lakers, te- no Lakers fan actually believed that they were capable of this. And they would rather <laughs> push it. <laughs> they
0: got the they best would... of both worlds. They got to, like, make fun of them, be mad at their team
1: all year. And now they get to be the nobody believes in us, not even us. And that's actually – it was actually true. Like, every athlete for, for the yeah. last, like, 20 years keeps playing the nobody believed in us cards. The Lakers can actually play that card here. But part of that, though, is that Lakers fans actually have to feel that same way too, but they lack the, the, the self-awareness to actually play – you know, say that they were all so wrong about their team. Because I was too. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> God, no, I didn't see this coming. Well, the sure funny thing, I don't know
0: if you guys talk about this. The funny thing to me is that Danny Ainge really made this all possible. Yeah. I, like, I obviously wanted Nuggets to make it, but there's a Lakers-Celtics. I wonder if people will start bringing it up. But Like, you remember when Danny Ainge broke that rule where they just – he just bailed the Lakers out with <laughs> a couple players at the deadline for like a marginal upgrade Dang. for them in the future? I just – I wonder I, – I want this – Celtics fans to come for Danny Ainge. I just think it'd be funny.
1: That would be funny. Like hell hath no fury, like a scorned Danny Ainge. He goes to Utah (laughs) and fucks over the Celtics. He might
0: have just done it for that. Like, oh yeah, you guys here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lakers. A single protected first-round pick, and he and he ignites the Lakers championship run. I love it. All right, Adam. Well, it's always a blast, man. Um, I know you're busy, so I really appreciate you hopping on um minutes before you do locked on uh lakers <laughs> ironically
0: so <laughs> oh i'm in hell
1: I, I, i'd i'd offer you i'd offer you best of luck but i'd be lying uh i hope that the lakers win and and win this thing uh what do you, you think know?
0: will be the dumbest comment i get in replies to this podcast i just did with you
1: the dumbest comment that you get oh it's Laker, gonna have L- to do it's gonna have to do with saying that Jokic is in better shape than ad like that's
0: Oh, I think, I think Lakers fans can be dumber than that. I,
1: think be dumber. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, look, maybe Lakers fans in general, but not my Lakers fans. The oh, of who course. Not yours. It's the best Lakers fans who listen yeah. to this show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, buddy.